Welcome to the Poe Politicking Show. Founded in 2008, Poe Politicking is a hip-hop meets self-help brand. With each interview, we teach the babies and share success secrets with you, the listener. Past guests of the Poe Politicking Show include Yo Gotti, Currency, MC Light, BG, Dead Press, Rashida, Project Pat, and more. We also showcase the future upcoming stars of hip-hop. Subscribe on iTunes and get automatic updates of each podcast episode. Yo, what's happening? This is Chewy from South Sacramento, California. You listening live right now to Pope Politicking. Yee yee! Yeah. Frustration. No matter. Yeah. Taking my time in the sand. Stick to the follow the plans. Talking survival on land. This is the plight of a man. Gotta get hundreds in hand. I do this shit for the fam. I'ma do all that I can. Niggas be taking that van. Taking my time in the sand. Stick to the follow the plans. Talking survival on land. This is the plight of a man. Gotta get hundreds in hand. Yeah. I do this shit for the fam. Yeah. I'ma do all that I can. Niggas be taking advantage and get to it. Awake and arise. No more wiping your face when you cry. Just enjoy every day you alive. You missing an eighth of your weight when you die. Lost souls couldn't make it in time. Taking in stride and erase all that pride. We've been thugging it, toughing it out like high. Niggas been switching like Jekyll and Hyde, but I swear we'll be fine. Be alright. Another good grind, it'll be all night. Hot to it three times, put the heat on it. Night, if we sell everything, we gon' be on it. Night at the height of my life. I wonder when niggas gon' get on my hype Mason Chaz, Margiela ain't tight Any distortion, we kill on sight Taking my time in the sand Stick to the follow the plans Talking survival on land This is the plight of a man Gotta get hundreds in hand I do this shit for the fam I'ma do all that I can Niggas be taking that van Taking my time in the sand Stick to the follow the plans Talking survival on land this is the plight of a man. Gotta get hundreds in hand. Yeah, I do this shit for the fam. Yeah, I'ma do all that I can. Niggas be taking advantage. Associates dealing weight on the interstate, just to put food on a dinner plate, just to get rid of the rental place. Be able to say that they living straight. Want all of my rallies in different rates. Take all of that ramen and give them steak. Gripping the wheel on the ten and eight. Can't take the oppression. We finna skate. Say in my head in the clouds. Some say I'm dumb off the loud. I see that struggle and all of that poverty shit and be dumbing it down I'ma keep hundreds around I'ma keep money to count I'll give it back to the world We can get dummy amounts Taking my time in the sands Stick to the follow the plans Talking survival on land This is the plight of a man Gotta get hundreds in hand I do this shit for the fam I'ma do all that I can Niggas be taking that van Taking my time in the sands Niggas that'll follow the plans Talking survival on land This is the plight of a man Gotta get hundreds in hand I do this shit for the fam I'ma do all that I can Niggas be taking that van I on my own course Ain't nobody gave me shit Cause ain't nobody give a shit It's hard living life knowing that the good die young And the evil prosper but still, I do anything to survive Do anything to overcome I'm the definition of strength uh, I always stay down. I never give up. But I'm tired, but I'm tired for the rough. And they don't know love, and they make me tough. I'm the 
school cause I had no bus money huh. Had me downs, it ain't fun no. Now they act all in love with love me Tryna steal my style, only one up one I just up. woke up with no food to eat uh. Last diaper, time to hit these streets I'm not giving in, I won't accept defeat nah. I'd rather stick it out, try to play for keeps right. I'm the underdog cause I think you need I'd rather map it out until the plan complete yeah. Taking my time in the sand Cause lately my life been a beat Taking my time in the sand Stick to the follow the plans Talking survival on land This is the plight of a man Gotta get hundreds in hand yeah. I do this shit for the fam yeah. I'ma do all that I can yeah. Niggas be taking that van Taking my time in the sand Stick to the follow the plans Talking survival on land This is the plight of a man Gotta get hundreds in hand I do this shit for the fam I'ma do all that I can Niggas be taking that van Welcome back to PolPolitikin.com, your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Make sure you download our app on iTunes. We're on iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we're probably on there, so check us out. I'm now politicking my homie Chewy. How you doing, bro? Chilling, man. Chilling. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no doubt, man. So I, I know you. I read you're from Sacramento, so I just want you to talk about, you know, growing up there, like how the community was out there. I've been out there a few times already, y'all. I, I like it. Oh, uh, really? Uh, what part, by chance? I don't even remember what part. I just know I went up there like like two, three times back in the day. It kind of reminded me I'm from the South, so it kind of reminded me of the South a little bit. Uh, some parts of it, yeah, because I spent a lot of time in San Antonio, too, as mm-hmm. a child. Um, the scene in Sac, I guess I could say I literally watched it grow. Because when I was in high school or whatever, uh, you know, there wasn't too much going on as far as underground or like, and it definitely wasn't like no Twitter or nothing yet, so... MySpace was dead. Like, there were people doing stuff, but it was just for their neighborhood or their area, to be honest, you know? And um, to be honest with you, I think the first show I ever went to for real was probably right after high school. My first concert in Sacramento was like, mm, I want to say right right after 11th grade, like going into 12th grade even was the first concert I had ever been to in Sacramento. So there was no scene until I was like pretty much an adult. What concert and, was that? Uh, who was that? You know what? I don't remember <laughs> that one because it was kind of bad. <laughs> like it must have been bad. It wasn't memorable. But I know the second one I ever went to was Wale because okay. they kind of like begged him to come to SAC because they announced it one month. He canceled. Like five months went by. They announced it again. He canceled. Like a year went by, he canceled, and then finally he pulled up. So I remember that one. That was like the second one I had ever been to. And uh, I didn't start really rapping in SAC until I was like well in college. I was probably, I was either like 19 or 20 when I started really rapping in SAC because uh, we had this thing called Second Saturday, downtown Sacramento. And they used to have, it was pretty much like a block party all all down J Street, downtown Sacramento. And it it would start from like J and fifteenth to like J and twenty third, mm-hmm. and we used to always be on J and twenty third. There was like these little boutiques, these clothing stores over there. They used to let us rap in front of their store. They have little open mics, so it it kind of became a thing. Like every second Saturday, they'd be like, "Yo, are you coming out?" And I didn't realize what was going on then, because like you said, you was gonna bring up uh, building your brand. I didn't realize what was going on then. They was using us to get people to buy stuff from their store, <laughs> but. I still appreciate the love though, cause yeah, they would let us stand out there all night, dog. Like we'd be, we would come down at like five o'clock and just kick it. Second Saturday would start at like seven p.m. We'd be out there rapping and freestyling until like two in the morning. 
And you was talking about Sacramento, um, San Antonio. So when did you live there? I lived in San Antonio. I first went down when I was either eight or nine. I went down and I stayed with my mom for a little bit. Uh, she was living out there with her parents. And my dad was still in Sacks. So I went down to visit my mom. I stayed probably like two years. I came back when I was 11. I went back again when I was like 13. I came back when I was like 15. Stayed in SAC for a minute. And then I went back again when I was in uh, 12th grade for a couple months. Just for a couple months to visit my mom again. So what you and remember then, about Sacramento? I mean, I'm at San Antonio. San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, I remember the music. That was when I first got introduced to Chopped and Screwed. Yeah, and like that's why I incorporate that into my music today, cause you know, and I've never really like talked to anybody who likes chopped and screwed music. I like it. Uh, see, I don't know why you like it, but for me, when I first heard it, it was just like it was like kind of dark and evil, but it still had like a balance to it. Like it was just really weird. I've always been <laughs> fierce, you know what I mean? I didn't look at it like how everybody else do, and I hadn't been pulled up yet. I was only like eleven. So I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, it sound all evil and weird, but it's it's still slump. It's still slap. This is crazy. And so, yeah, I just, I don't know why I just gravitated to it. But yeah. that's what I remember most about Texas is uh, people were super nice. And that was when I first got introduced to DJ Screw and, like, Swisher House, Lil Kiki, Paul Wall and them. And I, felt, I was like, yo, this is crazy. I like the uh, R&B chopped up Screw. Songs yeah. more than the rap songs. Exactly, dog. Like um, one of my favorite ones is uh, "Teach Me How to Love" by Music Soul Child. Chopped and screwed is crazy, crazy. <laughs> All right. So I want you to talk about like why is music important to you? Um, well, I watched my mom do music as I was growing up. She had a studio. <clears throat> my bad. She had a studio in her bedroom, and uh. She used to just always show me a bunch of different music. And we went through a lot of hardship when I was growing up. And it seemed like the only thing that was consistent was music. You know what I mean? Like family would be up and down or whatever. You know, like we have help one day, we wouldn't another day. Or like people would be looking down on you for your situation. Or, you know what I mean? It was music was always consistent. And every time we went through something, my mom was always making music, no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, I suffered being homeless a couple of times. We we went through all kind of shit. And every time my mom was still making music, you know what I mean? And like music was always the, the music was always like the guaranteed way to get happy for me. What kind but, of music um, you used to make? Oh man, uh, she do everything. Like I literally incorporated a lot of her style into mine when I was growing up. She, she sang, she rapped, she produced. My mom was doing everything. Uh, she gravitated more toward like the West Coast funk era. Like, she's on some, uh, she would be on some, like, Bootsy Collins meet Snoop Dogg. Okay. Yeah, she's, like, real, real OG funk with it. But she do she do everything. Like, she got hip-hop elements. She got rap. She got R&B. Uh, she, she's a crazy vocalist. I actually, I wish my mom would do more R&B music right now because she's a crazy vocalist. You know what I mean? She's, she's like, getting back into her rap, and she just put out an album, uh, about a year and a half ago, we've been pushing it. I just got her first music video shot for her. What's your so, mom's uh, name? We check her out? Red. R-E-D-D. Matter of fact, man, yo, man, she would love to talk to you, actually. Just, like, if if you open the interview with yeah, her, she would love no that. Bro. I, yeah. I could definitely set that up. She would love that. Right. Um, When I'm done, I'll shoot you the links to all her stuff. Yeah, we've, right. been going, we've been going real hard with her lately, man. I feel like I owe it to her because 
she could have not raised me, you know what I mean? Like, and she was doing music while she was raising me, so I feel like I owe it to her to just keep pushing. That's that was another reason why music was important to me too. I used to always see my mom do it. Like, she'd go in the kitchen after a long ass day of work, or like she went to school for music management and business management. She'd come home from a long ass day, cook dinner, and then go in there and record. So I was like, man, she's really into this. Like, this is crazy. And then once I really seen what she was doing and learned it, I was like, damn, I want to do that. Like, I gotta. I got to, like, take the torch and keep running with it. Like, she's hella into this. I have to do this. Hmm. And then you was talking about, so I, I read you saying your mom was your influence, but then you said Gangstar. Like, that kind of, I was like, Gangstar? So I wanted yeah, to talk so, about that. So my mom had the lab, and we had this fuzzy-ass channel. It was Channel 29 in Sacramento. It was called Video Box or yeah. Music Box or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, Music Box. It's, um... Uh, I'm going to fuck this up and I'm going to feel embarrassed too. It's the one where they was standing in the hallway. I want to say Mass Appeal. Yeah. The Mass Appeal video came on and like, I just heard the little do, 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 do. And I looked up and like, uh, Guru was just like laid up, just OG leaning on the wall. And, uh, Premier had the little, uh, the beat thing. I was like, yo, what is this? And I think the only other people that I like knew by name or paid attention to was Wu-Tang. I hella liked Wu-Tang for some reason. Still do. And uh, I just, I don't know. I was like, yo, this is wild. And after that, I asked my mom, I'm like, who is that? She's like, I don't know. That's some East Coast shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the little caption went across the screen. I was like, Gangstar. I was like, oh, that's it because it's like Gangster, but it's Star. Gangstar. And I'm like walking around that school. You ever heard of Gangstar? That's literally the only song I know. I'm like, you ever heard of Gangstar? Nah, what's that? They're crazy. <laughs> I'm like nine, like eight, nine years old. Like, yo, MC Guru, crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's how it started. I saw the Mass Appeal video and I just was on it. And then I heard, uh, I heard like, right where you stand or something like mm -hmm. that. A couple years later with Jada Kids, I yeah, was like, man, hard. what? I'm like, yo, what's going on? These niggas is ill. And it was puzzling me because... I didn't understand the industry then. You know, I'm just like, damn, these dudes is tight. Damn, Rap City is tight. I'm like, yo, why come it's not that much Gangstar, though? I didn't get the underground and the mainstream, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I never had an ideology of that, and that's why my music sound like what it sound like today. Yeah, I was going to ask you, so what about, didn't no, uh, Bay Rappers influence you? Oh, hell yeah. Uh, I actually got to an argument with one of my little homie's brothers when I was in high school. Because at the time, I didn't understand it. I didn't hear enough of it. But at the time, I was like, yo, uh, Richie Rich is the best rapper from the Bay. And the, homies, <laughs> and the homie's like, nah, you crazy. I'm like, Richie Rich is the only rapper who's ever been signed to Def Jam from the Bay. The first rapper to be signed to Def Jam from the Bay. Richie Rich is the best rapper from the Bay. He's like, nah, nah, you tripping, Mac Dre. I'm like, Mac Dre, cool. Richie Rich, though, Richie Rich inspires Snoop Dogg's rap style. Yeah. Richie Rich is the greatest rapper from the Bay. Like, I was hella pushing this Richie Rich line. Still <laughs> am. I still am. But, yeah, like, Mac Dre. I feel like I am Mac Dre's reincarnation. And I don't want nobody to get mad. I don't want nobody to come at me crazy. I'm saying, like, if anybody's out here keeping Mr. Furley alive, nigga, it's me. Yeah, I'm saying you got to explain why you say that, though. That's that's a big uh, well, because, some big shoes. Uh, and like I said, I'm not saying I don't feel like I'm the next Mac Dre or nothing like that. I'm saying just his artistry and the creative freedom that he had in his artistry and the style of rap that he introduced. You know what I mean? Like, to be honest with you, if I'd have never heard of any Mac Dre, then there probably wouldn't be 
a chewy today. You know what I'm saying? Like when I first started making music, I was literally taking old school rap lines and then like building off of it. You know, like I would start with a Method Man line or something, or I would start with a Gangstar line and then build a whole entire song off that. Maybe take a Nas chorus or something and flip it. You know, it wasn't me. So when I started looking for myself, I started gravitating toward the artists that I relate to most. You know what I mean? Who do you listen to? And like, you could either play that shit as a life story background or you could really, really feel what they saying, you know, and it's always the same five people. It's always Mac Dre, Jay-Z, Drake, uh, the other two change randomly. And this isn't my top five greatest MCs. Yeah, you just you know? tell them what this it is. is. Who do you gravitate toward the most when you listen to music? Yeah. Mac Dre is up there. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, the, the, the rap style that he has, the conversational MC style, like it's like he's sitting down talking to you in rhyme, you know. But you saying you up there then, right? No, 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 no. I'm saying that <laughs> like I I relate so much to that. I have used all right, let me hold on, let me dumb it down. Um <laughs> the people the people whose shit that I bite or incorporate in mind the most is Mac Dre and Drake. <laughs> uh, so what you so, like yeah, about that's Drake? Why I say that. Uh I like the the honesty in Drake. You know, yeah, it, like, and I ain't talking about niggas be like, oh, he ain't really. You, I don't know what he do in his lifetime. I'm talking about what he say on record, you know, and the way he says it, the way that nigga says his rhymes and some of the stuff he says is, is it, I feel like you can't just sit there and think that, you know, like that's some shit that was on his mind or something that happened to him. I like how he's open about his emotions toward women. You know, I'm hella passionate about women. I'm hella passionate about my girl. So I just respect that that nigga don't have no boundaries, you know don't box himself in and i also like that uh drake might be one of the best artists of all time to me based on the fact that he's a rapper by title but this fool's got like pop hits yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? he got hits. he got he got reggae joints he got pop hits like they playing drake at like louis vuitton stores and like uh banana republic shit like that you know what i mean i fucking love yo Gotti, but i can't play that nigga at the family reunion because <laughs> everybody in the family ain't on that yeah, I'm you know, saying Drake uh, got something for it. my mom. Always told me you can't please everybody, and Drake he, proved that shit wrong. Yeah, he and got so something for everybody. I'm trying to get like that too. You know what I mean? He got something for old people. He got something for young people. He got something for the streets. He got something for the airport. He got something for everybody. <laughs> so, so you kind of was going to the next question. So, how would you describe yourself as an artist? Um. I had always been subconsciously into mysticism without realizing it. So when I finally like devoted myself to a mysticism, I think that's what my music is all about. It's about like the laws of the universe and like how you apply yourself in everyday situations. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. every time, every time I had ever been asked, what do you rap about? Shit, I can rap about anything. I can rap about ordering Taco Bell, you know? And uh, whenever I talk to labels, they're like, well, what's your gimmick? Well, I don't have a gimmick. I'm just dope. But in the people that was listening to my music and in the stuff that they were taking from it, I didn't realize that, like, a lot of people, I know hella people have probably been hit up and told, you know, like, oh, I was listening to your music and it stopped me from committing suicide. But the reasons why people were doing that, you know, like, people, and then sometimes people were hit me, like, one dude said he was going through something with his girl and one of my songs came on. And then the song, I'm like, why you texting your exes for? And this dude's like, yo, it's like you're speaking to me. Because, like, right as I'm about to open this can of worms, I just threw my phone down and just got my focus back. So, like, what people take from my music, I feel like I subconsciously have been showing people how to 
maneuver through life. And one of my big homies told me, I show people how to learn yourself in a world full of people. And, and I give myself as an example on how you can maneuver and find yourself in a room full of motherfuckers that haven't found themselves or don't know themselves. So where did like, that come from? Like you being like that and, and rapping like that? Uh, that's, I guess that's just me being naive. You know what I mean? Just being honest with myself. Uh, for years, it never hindered me and it never stopped my creation. But for years, I would only create with the conscience of my parents involved, you know? Like, mm. I don't want my dad, cause like, my dad, when I was in XXL and shit like that, my dad, he was taking newspaper clips and taking magazines to work, and uh, a lot of people will run up on my dad, like, just, just last week, he calls me, and he's like, hey, how do you know this guy? Oh, I don't know that dude. Oh, well, he said y'all smoked a blunt together. Oh, then he probably came to a show or something, like, I don't kick it with him. He's like, oh, because I work with him. Like, <laughs> people at my dad's job was pulling up to my shows, you know? So I don't want nobody to see me. Or hear me and be like, damn, man, hey, your son is, and you know, I'm a grown man and shit, but I still have the integrity of my family's name. So I don't want nobody to be like, yo, your son out here with this. And then plus, when I was listening to music and when I was coming up, like I told you, when we was going to those shows and whatnot on the sax scene, and when the sax scene started popping, I never wanted to be that person that was trying to like, like flex on niggas or I've always had the mentality that yo if I don't have a DJ I can't perform because ain't gonna be no music play you know what I'm saying uh, if ain't nobody listening to my shit then I ain't gonna never have no shows because there's no audience to perform from so I don't want to take a nigga's money that he spent like motherfuckers have hit me yo I spent my last ten dollars on your album it was worth it I'm not finna take old boys ten dollars and then go flex about chains and cars and shit because he bought me that shit if you want to be real about it you know so Niggas is coming to me with their problems and they talking to me like as if I'm a healer or something. So I want to do that for them. You know, I don't want to be talking about no stupid ass shit. I don't want to be out here trying to overly glorify. Like I've I've been involved with women since before I was a rapper. I've always had to hustle because of the city that I live in. None of that shit matters. You know, that's not what's important today. And niggas can't relate to that. I love certain shit in music, but I can't relate to two chains, you know. I love that nigga's music. I can't relate to it, though. Nah, that's cool, man. I appreciate that. That's what we need more of that. And like I said, I'm not downplaying nobody just for me. I can't take... Like, 2 Chainz talks about how he came up, you know? So there's niggas that can relate to that type of street life. My street life was different. And I don't want to take somebody else's money and be like, yeah, nigga, I got this, I got the Gucci, I got the Fendi. <laughs> I know. He don't, you know, he don't got that shit. My man's still riding the Toyota, but this nigga got every single Chewy album that ever came out. Yeah, so he's spending like money investing in you. To my fan base. Yeah, he you know what I'm saying? Like, he got me that fucking race, you know? And if I can't, what they say in class, nigga, you can't bring one for all, don't bring none at all. So I'm not going to pull up on my fan base and Rafe if I can't buy none of them niggas. That's what's up. So what are your current projects you working on right now? Uh, I'm on, I just dropped part three of a five part album series and, uh, I'm working on part four and five, but I'm also working on three spinoffs for it. So, uh, ultimately it's probably going to be like seven or eight parts realistically. Cause even right now it's, it's four deep cause I dropped the intermission. Then there's also like the secret spinoff. It's not a secret. I drop a project every year on my birthday. Uh, last year I dropped Club 27. That's a spinoff also. I'm just not telling niggas how yet, but I've been like really, really indelved in this product. I'm try I, I was trying to build a brand around my name because I went through a label situation 
And uh, I felt as though, like I was saying before, when I was talking to labels and shit, they're like, what's your gimmick? What's, what's your thing? And I didn't have one, you know, other than like, I'm up there with currency in them as far as projects. Like, shit, it'll probably go Gucci Man, Currency, and then Chewy. As far as like niggas that drop the most projects, I have probably like 30 something projects floating around the internet. Damn. But uh, yeah, I wanted to do something crazy. And then in, in, in the same right, I was thinking about reinventing myself. So I was like, if this doesn't work by part five, I'll have killed myself off. I'll start all over. And uh, yeah, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I've never seen nobody do. I've seen niggas do multi-discs. I've seen people do like Trap House mixtape seven. You know what I mean? They're like seven deep into a mixtape. But I'm like, nobody's ever dropped a five-part album series. Yeah, and then I was going to ask you to like, so what's, what's like, give us the background, like what's the name of it and whatever. So part one was Paradiso. And the, the entire series is called Dystopia. So Dystopia part one was Paradiso. And it was talking about how we feel as though we live in a paradise. You know, we can do whatever the fuck we want to do on the internet. We can buy weed at a store. Uh, shit, we can buy women off the internet. You know what I mean? Like, we can do whatever the fuck we want to do here. In that same right, though, the underlying tone of the whole series is like realizing your surroundings and trying to find enlightenment in chaos. So when you get to part two, which is purgatory, that's when you realize hey, this shit's not paradise at all. We're actually in a fucked up ass position right now. Like, shit's really bad. And uh, that was when Trump came into office. I had some Trump references in there. I had a bunch of stuff about uh, police brutality, even though that's been going on forever. But, like, now we started to realize, hey, this shit's not cool at all. Like, yeah, I can log on to the internet at will, but shit, I can't even sit in my car past a certain hour or the police gonna try to kill me about it. Right. That's when you get to the intermission which was Sabbath, and in Sabbath, in Christianity and Judaism, Sabbath is a day that God took from creating, it, it was the seventh day that God took rest from creating the earth, so in Sabbath, this is when you stop, like, you know what, this shit draining me, like, all this information that I'm finding is starting to weigh me down, I'm about to take a break from this shit, it's really starting to make me sad, so Sabbath was really, like, just a pause in my thinking, you know, I done came to realization that I lived in a fucked up state of time. Nigga, I got to chill off that. I got to go out and have fun. And it, it was a fun album. Uh, Passover is the next holiday after Sabbath. And I don't know that much about the holiday itself. Passover itself was more so a reference. Uh, Passover is the point where, and this is the official part three. This is where you feel like, you know what? This shit is too much for me. But you you ain't never put in a situation that you can't handle. So I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to continue to move forward. And hopefully this shit will pass over me. Hmm. Part four is called Limbo. And Limbo is both, uh, it's like an area in hell. And it's also like a state of depression. Limbo is leading up to, uh, it's, Limbo is talking about anime, which is the leading, which was the leading cause of suicide in the, like the 18th or 19th century. And uh, in this part of the album, that's when you your thoughts get so deep and you're so lost in your mind. It's like, you know, you'll see some shit on Twitter or you'll see something on Instagram and you might go, damn, I'm not I'm not doing what they doing. You know, hmm. enemy is literally that it's when people see something and they go prime example, like 21 Savage or 2 Chains, the way they live majority of america feels as though if we don't live if we ain't living like that we're not successful you know like that's the pinnacle of success 
<laughs> if you don't have chains and cars and shit, you're not doing it. That's enemy because that creates a divide between people. So there's one side that feels that way, and then the other side feels as though, but I don't want any of that shit. Right. I don't feel as though that completes me. The pressure of arguing that and being told by the other side that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing creates the 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 urge to commit suicide there's like a whole book about it it's called the suicide it was written in france that's what part four talks about it talks about the pressures of people telling you you're not doing what you're doing or telling you that the shit you want to do is minuscule like one time a dude asked me what my dream cars were and i told him a 300c and um and a dodge challenger and he told me your dreams are minuscule (laughs) It's talking about shit like that. You know, the outcome, the, the, the emotional outcome of that. Growing up in, a, in a, an environment and growing up in a, in a nation where if you're not making six figures and showing that, then you broke, you know? Like, I could have hella money in the bank. I could be living on some super, super grunge shit. I could be low-key as hell. You know, I could be on some, uh, I can't remember a dude from the Spurs because they was laughing at him because he lost his Wingstop pass. He got like a lifetime wing stop pass and he lost it. So he hit him up, asked him for another one. They're like, man, he lived hella broke. Living like that is a problem. And that shit creates enemy, which leads to suicide. Then part five itself, the final series, I mean, the final installment in the series is called dystopia. Part five is dystopia. It takes all of those emotions and feelings from the first four parts and it summarizes them to current day America. In which I feel like right now we live in a fucking dystopia. And that is the complete opposite of a utopia. Dystopia is entire hell. Like full-fledged hell. It's just fucked up. That's tight, though. I like that, man. That's yeah. well, sound well thought out. I've been doing it for a minute, man. Because like the, the album that I just dropped, uh, February 23rd, Passover, Part mm-hmm. 3. That shit's been done since like 2015. But I was sitting on it and, you know, timing is everything. So I had to wait until it made sense in the series. Hmm. And then I, you, you was talking about this a little bit earlier, too. But so what's your label situation right now? Uh, I've been I've been like indie. I have a uh, I have a distribution deal with this company called Below System Records. They're from the Netherlands. But uh, the owner of the label, he's about five days younger than me. He just hella hmm. believes in music. So he'll do like. He'll do like booking and management and and stuff like that just off the strength. You know, he does that just because like that's not even in contract. But I've really been doing all this indie, man. I don't have a manager or nothing. I just have a distribution deal that acts like a minor label. And then you I know you was with uh, Malcolm Digital, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I was with Amalgam. We had a fallout. We had a fallout. No, I'm saying Um, they still around, though. I believe they are. um, I don't know. Like, I know what happened. I don't know if I'm in liability to say it, but uh, the, the, the company is under new ownership. Okay. Yeah. But you said y'all had a fallout? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at first, I thought I took care of it. Like, I, I got a lawyer and shit. I spent all my rap money on a lawyer and everything. I thought I had it handled. And, uh, like, they just didn't care about that part, you know? <laughs> they was like, nigga, you're you, we're us, basically, you know, like, like, yeah, you might be a, a powerful creative force, but you ain't the industry. So ultimately, I had to give them three projects, and then they let me out of contract. And so, yeah, I just been doing my thing. Hmm. It's been going, it's been going up, man. I, I finally got like full control of my brand and 
and how to market myself and how to maneuver properly. Hmm. Yeah, so I'll let you went into that question, might as well talk about it now. So what are some ways you can, like, far as, like, any artist listening or any creative ways they can build their brand and, and grow their brand? The first thing you need to do is go and sign up. Uh, everybody needs to turn their Instagram into a business page. You can connect your music page through Facebook to your Instagram, and that'll allow you to buy ads. That's like the first thing you should do is is try to connect your pages so that you can buy ads. And uh, another thing I would say is stop wasting time on blogs because like the way the industry is going right now, I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this or if anybody <laughs> knows this. The way the industry is going right now, like they're not going to post you unless you signed, basically, you know. And uh, it doesn't matter who you buy because you can submit to whoever as far as uh, PR or, or media and marketing it doesn't matter who you buy. You're not going to get on a blog. And if you do, it's because they fuck with you. So you should keep that connection. Yeah. That's another thing, too, is connections. You got to meet people. Don't hound people, though. It's like I tell everybody, don't go to South by Southwest with product. Don't do that shit. That's what everybody's doing. Don't do that. Bro, I met Afrojack in a shuttle. I was talking to this dude about the motherfucking Samsung Galaxy. Uh, whatever Galaxy tab was out at the time, I was talking to him about that. I met Afrojack in a damn shuttle, you know, like, don't go down there like, hey, what's up? I'm so-and-so. I know you see that river of CDs and merchandise laying in the fucking street when you go to South by Southwest. That's going to be you. You know, feelings going to be hurt. You just <laughs> walk up, just just go yeah. everywhere, you know? Shit, I would even recommend people don't even, don't even go to South by Southwest performing, you know? Just go check the scene. Go peep what's going on. Go study. Which brings me to my next point is studying. You got to study everything. I might not make the same music as everybody else out there, but that don't mean I'm not taking the tactics or applying the knowledge, you know? And uh, I, should I even do Kanye stuff sometimes? I'll have a show somewhere or I'll be at an event and I'm cool with the DJ. I'll walk back there. Hey, yo, throw this on real quick. Throw on something that you ain't never played before and watch people react to it if they react to it, you know? Watch people either A, keep dancing, B, look up like, yo, what is this? Or look up like, what the fuck is this weak ass shit? Hmm. You know, you, you got to study everything. And uh, most importantly is branding. Imagery, um, uh, 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 imaging when you're branding. You, you don't want to have like tacky looking ass flyers. You want to make sure everything is, make sure everything is 1800 by 1800 RGP quality dot png format everything all of your cover art all of your your flyers everything and don't be afraid to make your own marketing like when you have a show make your own flyer because that solidifies you as a brand you know it's not disrespectful for you to make your own flyer that's you letting people know yo i'm having a show yo, dog. i'm selling my product i want somebody to come out and peep it that's all that does is solidify to people that yo he's serious he didn't just wait for the promoter to slap together a bootsy ass flyer. He put some thought into it. He really out here marketing. You know, he really trying to, to, to show people that he's doing something. And this is actually the most important. This is my final one. Your friends are not your fan base. I always see people online complaining about support. They get to talking about how don't nobody come to their shows. Don't nobody download their music. That is not your fan base. Your friends are not your fan base. When you first start rapping or when you first start doing something in your town and all your homies from high school pull up, that's a step stool. That's how you get to the next town over. 
You know what I'm saying? The <laughs> homie, no, nah, real talk, because even in SAG, like, people are so concerned about people coming to their shows or their friends supporting their stuff. It's never going to happen. Nobody liked Jesus until he was murdered. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's factual. You have to use that as a stepping stone. If you throw a show in Oakland and all your high school friends from Oakland come, some of them people got to know somebody from Berkeley. Some of them people got to know somebody from SAC. That's how you get that popping. You know, you throw a cracking ass show in your hometown of Oakland, then you take it to SAC. Yeah, we just had a show last month in SAC, uh, in Oakland, Wooty Wop. I'm from Oakland, Wooty Wop. You take it outside of your city. Once you blow up in your town or once you feel as though you've got support in your town, you get the fuck out of there and you use that support to go elsewhere. Hmm. Never, never, never misconstrue that your friends are your fan base. That's not what happened. So what are some of your interests outside of music? Uh, video games is probably my number one love outside of music. <laughs> what games All, you be on? Man, I be on everything. I'm I'm an RPG cat though. So like I play a lot of JRPGs, RPGs. Uh, What's right that? Now, role playing games, role playing. Yeah, games, yeah. Like. like right now I'm super on. Uh, right now I'm super on. Uh, on a lot of Gundam games. I've been playing Gundam Breaker. Uh, I'm playing. Uh, have you ever heard of Parasite Eve? Mm-mm. Parasite Eve was like. Like the answer to Resident Evil, mm-hmm. I'm playing. I'm playing this one game called The Third Birthday. It's like a, a spinoff installment of that series. Uh, I'm trying to finish that. Actually, my my backlog is fat, man. Like to be honest, if you just name something, I'm probably playing that, or I probably have it. <laughs> I got everything. Like what I, system I, though? PS4, PS Vita, and Switch. Okay. Yeah, my backlog is crazy, man. I'm. I was reading in uh, something that said to create an image of abundance. Like something that you always buy a lot of or get a lot of because it'll motivate you to to make opportunities for yourself to get more of it. And so video games was mine. So I literally probably be spending like two, three hundred dollars a month on video so that's games. That's probably why like some people like how they're sneaker heads and stuff like that. Yeah, well I spend a lot of money on shoes too, but I'm specific. I only wear old school vans and Jordan ones. Alright. But yeah, video games is it. <laughs> so what are some things you do for self improvement? Um, I do a lot of, uh, humbling things. Like when I'm in SAC, I take, I take public transportation a lot. Um, when I'm out in other cities that I'm not from, I walk a lot. I walk period. Like I'm a walker. I just like to walk. I throw some headphones on and play beats and just start walking. But, uh, I do a lot of humbling stuff like that. Uh, I try to focus a lot on my self-discipline so I don't get lost or get caught up in bullshit. Like, uh, I fast. I only eat between uh, 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. just to create self-discipline. Hmm. Um, I be trying to, like, I create, like, a task list for myself. Like, you got to get this much shit done before you hop on a video game or you got to knock out this much shit today. But, you know, just trying to set boundaries for myself so that I'm used to boundaries one and so that I have some control so I don't, you know. I feel like a lot of people, uh, they abuse having no limits a lot of motherfuckers abuse being free and having freedom so i be just trying to keep my mind right also too i try to remain regular you know because like nothing sets me aside from anybody except my work ethic you know i'm no different from a nigga that works at mcdonald's except that my job is different you know Um. i just i sit in the living room at my job or like i go to a studio sometimes they'll fly me out or book me for a show at my job but it's still work to me it's never been 
I, I never take my position for granted. I never take my fame or my success for granted. It, like to me, that shit is just work, and I treat it like that so that I don't never get too cocky or get hella comfortable. Because at any moment, man, like somebody could punch me in the fucking throat. Something as simple as that, I'll never <laughs> rap again, you know? Uh, or like at any day, any day, my creative process, my creative thoughts just won't connect with niggas, you know? I'll drop something one day and they'll just be like, this shit weak. And uh, it'll be over, you know? Like, it could literally just be over. It's not as it's not as preserved as a job at McDonald's or anything like that. I don't have no fucking insurance. So, like, at McDonald's, you burn your hand on the grill, they cashing you out. So <laughs> I, like, I burn my motherfucking hand on a blunt or something at work, it's over, you know? Uh, Shit, I hope you can write with the other hand. <laughs> or learn so, to freestyle. <laughs> so, what kind of books you like? Um, I'm into... Actually, somebody just gave me like a super deluxe version of the Divine Comedy. That's probably my favorite book of all time because that's what actually started the Dystopia series. I read that book in uh, in high school, and I just like it just kept finding its way back into me or in my references uh, throughout my life. But the Divine Comedy is a really good book. Uh, Behold, a Pale Horse is a good book. It talks about like the creation of America, but it it views it basically views the creation of America as a corporation and it, it shows how they run a country like a business. Yeah. And that's what creates a lot of animosity out here. Oh boy, got uh, killed and wrote that book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's another book? Um, a, a book that's good to read after you watch the documentary about it is uh, The Anarchist Cookbook. Hmm. That book is really dope because uh, it, it, it's going to be hard for you to find an original copy. But uh, and, and you get you might get flagged trying to buy that shit. But it literally shows you like recipes for bombs and shit. Uh, it shows you. <laughs> nah, for real, because, dude, he was in a state of anarchism when he wrote it. Like he was hella just anti-America when he wrote it. And uh, that movie is crazy, man, because they took that nigga to Supreme Court and everything like they tried to make him out a terrorist about writing a book it was fucking crazy but it, it it's really dangerous it's a really dangerous book because they they actually blame him for like columbine and a bunch of other shit because they're like people had you people put the had, knowledge out there they had your book in possession and then they went and did shit like this it's literally showing you how to dismantle america <laughs> like down from from down to knowing your laws to like making plastic pipe bombs in your kitchen like it's preparing you for anarchy it's a really good ass book and um other other than that, I'm trying to finish. Uh, I finished the 48 Laws of Power. That's a dope ass book. Yeah. But it's it's kind of saddening though. Oh yeah. Uh, is you like that? People to, people think like this. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Because and it said that in the beginning, it was like you can either use this knowledge to your advantage, or you can use this knowledge to be a better person. All it did for me was show me that damn, this is how niggas is gonna try to do me. Yeah, exactly. You know, especially and it showed me a lot of traits in people. Like limp handshakes, you know, or my dad always taught me about that. But like limp handshakes or like overly eager shit. People just like hella, hella just wanting to learn from you. What about bad. limp handshakes? Uh, anybody with a limp handshake can't be trusted. Hmm. Because it means that A, they don't have any confidence or B, that they don't trust you or have respect for you. You know, somebody shake your hand with a limp handshake, especially in a room full of colleagues. If you doing business and somebody shake your hand with a limp handshake, he's trying to get over on you. Uh -huh. You know, there's no assertiveness. There's no firmness. There's no trust in that handshake. 
He's not really about his business. He's either intimidated by you or he sees weakness in you. So he feels as though to get to know you or the first acquaintance of you is worthless. You know what I mean? Hmm. That's deep. I'm All trying right. to remember. It's one more Robert Greene book that... Uh, Artist that Seduction, he, the 50s. Artist Seduction. Yeah. I'm trying to get a hold of the Artist Seduction. They all on, I don't probably be saying this, but like all his books are on YouTube. Oh, <laughs> audio books. Yeah. Okay, bet, bet. Yeah, and then uh, I I recommend anything by um anything by shit. What is her name? Abraham Hicks. Anything oh, by Abraham you know Hicks. I went. I'm a big fan of her stuff. I went and saw her in January. I listened you know to all what? her stuff. I went and saw her in person. I've been listening to her for like five years. I was gonna go see her because the homie put me on two years ago, and he was like, "Yo, I started listening to her, and now I own a restaurant." I yeah, was like, Jerry, "Damn, Jerry and Esther Hicks." Yeah, yeah, man, they wild. They're wild, dog. I love that shit. Oh, that's cool, man. We got a lot in common. You a cool dude, man. Like I said, yeah, like man, the I, music. You got, got a positive outlook on shit. You good, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. I just be trying to enlighten myself. I feel like I was blessed with knowledge. I can't let it go to waste. What would you like to leave with your fans? Uh, Keep doing you. I start. I started realizing and noticing the internet. And its effects, like it, the the internet is really a virus right now. Keep doing you. Don't be falsely motivated. People out here doing weird shit. They telling you to do weird shit. Do what you do. Do what you're doing, and do whatever makes you happy. All right, man. I want to say thanks for coming through politics with me. Yo, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. Anything you like to talk about? What's your social media and everything for him? Uh, my Instagram and my Twitter are at c h u u w three three. And I got links to everything on those. If you, if you follow me on either of those, that's where I'm most active. You'll definitely get all the need to know. I'm so professional. I don't know my ex knows. I'm so professional. Check it though. Ah, oh, my bad. I got it. Uh, I'm so professional. I've been ignoring my ex knows. I gotta let all this pressure go. That's how it's supposed to go. I'm so professional. I've been ignoring my ex knows. I gotta let all this pressure go. <laughs> yeah. I'm so professional. I've been ignoring my ex and O's. I gotta let all this pressure go. Doing a hundred on dusty roads. I figured I was so professional. She want me come over this session, no. I stay by myself in depressive mode. Cause all of my peers are sectional. And I'm slapped on just to let you know. Don't know how they get all this stressing off. Doing good, they gon' text your phone I need you to get off the testicles and just let me alone Under pressure, yo I'm coming so hard to be left alone How come it's so hard to get them off of me Like a nigga wear the best cologne So progressional, check it though I control the future I make I control the time that it takes Pressure on my mind as of late Hard as hell to shake the damn weight Life is like a nightmare to me Death is just a slight scare to me Money coming, money coming fast Running in some nightmares to me I believe in everything, wait I believe in destiny and fate Trying to learn to have some patience Over anxious, I just can't wait I've been looking forward to the future I control the time that it takes I just turned my life into a movie Wasn't very hard to recreate I'm so professional It's okay to flex, you know It's okay to have a good time It's all about letting go I want absolute control of mine And I'm about to get it slow Don't be so professional It's all about letting go Don't be so professional It's okay to flex, you know It's okay to have a good time it's all about letting go I want absolute control of mine And I'm about to get it slow Don't be so professional It's all about letting go Yeah, why you texting your exes, bro? It's time to let all that pressure go This shit is all about letting go All you gonna do is forget it, though 
all that you want is inside of you But I know that shit is forgettable I know that people are low, down, dirty Sometimes their actions are questionable I know you want absolute control Believe me, it's so hard to get it, though I know you might feel terrestrial But that's all a part of aesthetic, though This shit is all about letting go You know I just gotta let you know you know it's okay to have a good time Just gotta let all that pressure go Let all that negative effort go I just been smoking on gas at the Texaco She got a grip on my heart and my testicles I've been on guard about letting them get too close I'll be outside and I might pull a Texaco All the way south any further is Mexico No wonder I'm so disconnected My phone got the service, I ain't get the message though No wonder we so disconnected But I control the future that I make And I control the time that it takes Phone calls, hotline blinging But where was niggas at the other day? I've been trying to learn to have some patience I've been trying to learn how to wait I've been looking Forward to the future, I control the time that it Don't takes. Don't be so professional. It's okay to flex, you know. It's okay to have a good time. It's all about letting go. I want absolute control of mine, and I'm about to get it slow. Don't be so professional. It's all about letting go. Don't be so professional. It's okay to flex, you know. It's okay to have a good time. It's all about letting go. I want absolute control of mine, and I'm about to get it slow. Don't be so professional. It's all about letting go The Poe Politicking Show is brought to you by Audible. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, Audible is great for any continuous learner wanting to grow and expand their knowledge and insight. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash POAudio and get an audiobook of your choice free with a 30-day trial. After the trial, your paid membership will begin at $14.95 per month. With your membership, you will receive one credit every month, good for an audiobook on Audible. Cancel before your trial ends and you will not be charged. So go to www.audibletrial.com slash P-O-Audio and download a free book by Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Napoleon Hill, Les Brown, Damon John, and more. Always remember that knowledge is power.